Hey everybody, welcome to Hope Something 6, I'm Bert. I'm Matt. And we are on May 31st, Memorial Day. So both of us got the day off, uh, weren't able to record on our usually date on Saturday. Um, so hopefully you'll be listening to this, or start to be able to listen to this uh, by the end of the day today. But we'll see how I feel. <laughs> right. You're not going to go on strike this time? Did our nego- were our negotiations successful? I've never gone on strike. <laughs> God, goddamn right, goddamn right, you're not going on strike. Get back to work! Yeah, well, I think I would have the power in uh, that strike scene as uh, I don't get paid anything. Shh. Come on. They figure it out. Replacing me with Jin is just as easy as replacing you with Jin. Mm, nah, but then you would have to do the audio editing. Nah, we'll just do it live. White noise and all. Uh, it's gonna sound terrible. Until then, what do you got going on? Well, we uh, were just discussing before we started recording my uh, awesome recipe that I forgot to put chili powder into. Mm-hmm. Cucumbers, pineapples, onions. You chop all that up, you throw some lime zest on it. In order to make a, a true chili lime sauce, it should have chili powder, which I forgot to buy. So other than ruining that recipe, which I'm very fond of doing, I finished that movie recommendation from a while back of yours. My Octopus Teacher. <laughs> yeah. How'd you like it? I did. It was very interesting. And naturally creepy. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's, you know, while you're watching it, you're, you're struck by the cynical joke throughout the entire movie. Is this dude doing this octopus? It's like, I'll just jump right into it. That's, that's the big controversy with this, with this movie, I think. Very, very avant garde in that regard. Mm. Out in the middle of the ocean by himself. He's guaranteed to be by himself because he's swimming in freezing water. Eight to nine degrees centigrade. Well, then, you can make the argument uh, it would be pretty hard to perform in such cold water. There are many different forms of lovemaking, Bert. <laughs> Why don't you expand your brain? Expand, expand your brain eight times. Yeah, this dude's getting this dude's getting very handsy with that octopus. Literally. Yeah. It's a big part of it. He's making contact with, with nature. And I think that's main you know, he's just he's just tripped out because he you know, he touched an octopus. Or he or rather he got the octopus to come to him. You know, that's that's always the big thing. Yeah. Well he's able to become friends with the octopus. Like right. the octopus uh Changed its behavior around him over time. Right, right, right. It uh, adapted to actually using him in some of its hunting strategies. Finally, it was able to score a lobster. Right. Which apparently swim backwards. I had no idea. I've never seen a lobster move before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that makes total sense now. Because 
Those things are they're super fast. Fun little tidbit there. Yeah. And his shots are amazing. Because the dude is actually that's what he does, he just documents nature. Yeah. It's just kind of ironic that he was too involved in his work of editing that he eventually it was making him sick from editing his nature footage. I didn't quite pick up on uh, you know, this wasn't like a stockbroker or something like that. Or somebody who's working an office job. The dude works photographing nature. Mm-hmm. And so, I, uh, I don't know, it's, it's more of like a return to home than anything else. The, uh, his ability to overcome what was making him sick, what was making him depressed or something like that. Because I'd love to know what project, what what, uh, what natural landscape he was working on that made him sick. Sick to his stomach. Documenting squids. Yeah, right? He's like 20 feet over. It's like, oh, this patch of grass sucks. It's making me hate life. This patch of kelp forest, though. Yes! Doesn't make any... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's a little bit of a disconnect there, not really understanding what was making him lose his mind. To the point where he's being a bad father. Uh, seemed a little overdramatic there. But. Maybe, maybe it was the fact that this was kind of a passion project of his, of his as opposed to him just getting paid to do something. He went that out every day. He went out every day, is what he said. That's one hell of a passion project. Yeah, well, I don't. Well. He didn't start off thinking, I'll make a documentary about, you know, hanging out with this octopus. Yeah, I'm just going to take a year off of work and go freeze my balls off in the kelp forest. I gotta do this, Sharon. I gotta do the thing. <laughs> you think you could get that argument passed? You think you could you could take a work oh, a year of work off and go swim, go, no. go swim around with a fish that you just found? Nope. Come on, you connect with nature, man. It's got suckers. Yeah, well, a lot of work. Uh, a hard time describing, well, explaining, taking an entire year off. Well, it doesn't have to be a full year. The octopus might get eaten before that time. Mm. There you go, you can cut it short. That's what got me. I almost started laughing out loud when I saw him crying over the octopus. Because I'm, you know, I'm a monster. He doesn't have any feelings, apparently. But yeah, you know, okay, I was a little bit heartbroken. Not heartbroken. I'm not going to start crying over a goddamn fish. (laughs) Sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry at all. It's It's the whole cycle of things. That octopus knew what she was getting into. When she, uh, you know, decided to continue with life, I don't see I don't see him crying over all the mollusks mollusks she murdered, or his, uh, oh. you know, aiding and abetting the murder of that lobster. Well, he didn't have a connection with those crustaceans. Oh, okay. So there it is. You know, it's not my neighborhood. It's okay. That's right. It's not my sexy mollusk. In fact, I don't even find mollusks that sexy. They're too slimy. They don't ink right. 
plus no suckers. Yeah. Not tentacly enough. Actually, a good good movie, though. Good documentary, considering how creepy it is. Right. Uh, I think certain people would not find it creepy, who would just <laughs> go directly there to assume that that guy's screwing his octopus. All right, he's not screwing the octopus. I don't know if he's, you know, like whipping it around. Making whip, whipping it out. salty love to the... Yeah. <laughs> you know. Fondling a, uh, a sea creature is a little bit odd. Can you give me that? Hmm. I guess he didn't think so. Guess not. I did like the other piece of trivia that the uh, the octopus will actually uh, drill, has to drill into mollusks, like directly into their shell to inject poison into them. Mm. But it has to happen in allegedly a very exact spot. I didn't know this. Yeah. So the poison goes in, and then the mollusk, uh, I don't know, is anesthetized or something, relaxes, and then the the octopus can do her thing and uh, murder that mollusk. Well, consider it murder if you're eating it. Right, right, right. Okay. Sorry, I was trying to be a uh, you know fair and balanced or whatever. <laughs> Any other notes on uh, Octopus Teacher? Uh, no. Go watch it. It's good stuff. Maybe you'll learn mm-hmm. something. So, decent amount of stuff going on in the news. Um, <clears throat> it looks like it's not you know a done deal yet. Uh, and I mentioned this to you yesterday that it looks like uh, Netanyahu's days are numbered, at least politically, at least for now politically. Uh, so a whole bunch of different parties in Israel decided to form a, a unity government that would get a majority of the seats, which, which in a parliamentary democracy, uh, you have to, you know, gather all these parties together, typically to form a coalition, to form a uh, majority of the parliament to create a government. It seems quite tenuous, considering the breadth of ideologies. Even if something, even if a unity government did exist, what's the la- when's the last time one was was so spread out over over the political spectrum? Like, was anybody able to get know. anything done? It seems like it's just a. a it's going to be gridlock. I mean, right now there's gridlock. It's gridlock and. Uh, you keep having these elections over and over again. Israel's had like f- four elections over two years. Oh, I thought we were coming up on number five. Um, well, if this doesn't work out, there'll be a fifth one. Yeah, got it. So, I don't know. I, I think it probably... So, from what I read, there are certain things that they're just going to leave off the table. Uh, legislation... Uh, legislation wise mm-hmm. uh, to you know to kind of just be able to move forward at all uh, so they're saying like uh, nothing too crazy you know for the first year or so uh, so we'll see if that works out um, I saw like a listing of different postings 
that they were talking about giving, like, you know, from prime minister to defense minister to, you know, whatever. <coughs> it's kind of how you form these coalitions. Like, you get promises like, okay, we'll, we'll make you, this guy the education minister and this guy the defense minister uh, if you join our coalition. So it's interesting how the, the government works in a parliamentary system as opposed to our system. Yeah, over here it's more antagonistic and uh, predatory, and if that side did it, then that means we can do it. Yeah. Two parties. I guess it's hard. Fucking suck. Yeah, I think that's the kind of the issue of the two party system where the other party just becomes adversarial because it's the only other party there, more so than, you know, if you have a whole bunch of parties, you know, there's. Parties that you get along with better than the others, but, you know, it's not just one versus the other, where they just take opposite sides no matter what it is. Now, it's not like you can't alter both parties in some kind of way, shape, or form. You do that with grassroots movements, or, you know, you look at the Tea Party movement 10 years ago, that that was insane. And it was a bunch of crackpots who just really wanted to push the Republican Party even further right, and they did. Because they, you know, it's that groundswell of populism. People say, you know, know, they they go to the lowest common denominator on shit. And it strikes a chord with people who just don't want to think about this shit any further than a couple of sound bites. Mm -hmm. So it's possible. And and on on the left, you're seeing it with, you know, the AOC crowd and the squad. You know, anybody who's like, super progressive and they're pushing or at least they're trying to push Biden in that direction. I mean John Kerry's position as a climate czar was unheard of was not even workable as a, a thing that could exist ten years ago. But now that's a thing that exists. His entire position exists because of those progressives. Mm. Yeah. Not, not to say it still doesn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, I mean, it's a good point, it, and it'll be interesting to see how things go. And that kind of, let me think of um, all these, uh, all this legislation that a whole bunch of red states are putting in for, you know, uh, restricting vote. on voting. Yeah, restricting voting rights. Yeah, I mean, that's what most people, well, a lot of people would call it. Um, it's what it is. I, well, I was thinking, well, yeah, it, I mean, it, it makes it harder to vote. Yeah, they have, uh, they have, they are unabashed in, 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 in some their, ways. Yeah, they are unabashed in their uh, goal, which is, I mean, this is going back 30 some odd years, at least. They have openly stated that the more people vote, the more they're going to vote left. Well, yeah. I think, uh, for the most part, if you take all of the left and all of the right, there's more people on the left. Exactly. So the, the idea but, is just lower how many people vote, and there you go. That's that's the strategy. It always has been. Anyway. Well, well, I was thinking, because there's... Because they're doing it a lot more than they did, you know, ever before, and it's like a whole bunch of states that are doing it. I'm thinking that it's not just about getting less people to vote, but it's to increase Republicans' 
um, voter turnout by you know ha- having them believe into the voting process again because they just because compl- Trump completely destroyed that, and I think that's a big factor of why the Republicans lost both runoff elections in Georgia because like during the during the general election the, the way that goes there's like multiple multiple Republicans and multiple Democrats running you know for each seat. Uh, and no one, no one got a majority, which is what you need in Georgia. So then you get a runoff election with the highest uh, Democrat and Republican. But when you add up like all the votes for the Republicans and all and the Democrats, the Republicans win by a decent amount, like back in the general election, and yet they both lost in the runoff, and. For me, the difference is the, uh, like, Trump and all his cronies totally torpedoing everyone's belief that it's a fair system, you know, at least for Republicans. And so if you don't think it's a fair system and you think it's stacked against you, you're less likely to vote, and thus you're much more likely to lose. So I think this is even more so than getting less Democrats to vote. I think this is to get more Republicans to vote, which they... Hey, we did something, so now it's cool. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I get you. And in a razor thin margin type situation, yeah, I get that. But I don't think they're going to get that many more votes. It'll ma- it'll matter when it's super close. But the the vast majority of people are not the wackadoos who think that our elections were rigged. The people who think that are like, I just saw on, uh, I follow one, uh, a beat reporter on the Hill, and he just recorded some dude screaming the election was rigged, like, out on the outside the Capitol. He's just, like, yelling it at the top of his lungs, to no one in particular. You know, yeah, sure, maybe you might convince that guy, but that's not the majority of people. Not the majority of people, but it could be the majority of Republicans. In fact, I saw a poll that suggested as much, and you know, you can't just trust polls necessarily. But you got that right. But if it showed a majority, there's at least a good chunk. You know, like say there's like twenty percent of Republicans that believe the election was stolen. Let's say like a quarter of that didn't vote because they they don't believe in you know. The yeah. sanctity of elections anymore. Sure, okay. that's that's huge, you know. Especially if it's you know in any way close. That's what election. I'm saying. Yeah, when it's close, and, sure. That's the thing. Like, say if like, yeah, if, if like three percent of the Republicans don't vote, you know, and that's mostly what you're battling for is for you know battleground areas, you know. Like, Mitch McConnell doesn't have to ever worry about his seat, really. Um, at least from a Democrat. Um, you know, Nancy Pelosi didn't have to, will never have to worry about losing to a Republican. Uh, Chuck Schumer probably never has to worry about losing to a Republican. You know, th- there are seats, you know, in both the House and the Senate that are, you know, pretty safe. And that, those are typically where you find the leadership positions. But there's plenty of battleground areas, you know, again, for both Senates, uh, the House, and the presidency. And I think 
these Republican lawmakers have to try to get people to get Republicans to believe in the election again. Mm. And the only way that they can think of is to pass all of this legislation. Because again, it, it's happening like a lot. I don't know if it's just the news is picking up on it more just because, but it's like multiple states are doing this yeah, like, at the same time. And actually, I just I was just reading about it. Uh, the one in Texas didn't pass. The Democrats didn't. They all walked out. I can't believe it. <clears throat> they stood up. They didn't have a quorum, so they didn't get it passed. Huh. Senate Bill 7 is what we're specifically referring to. Reduced polling hours, empowered poll watchers, and scaled back ways to vote in Texas. Wouldn't have that didn't happen. They needed 100 members, they needed uh, 100 people, 100 members, for the quorum. Didn't have it. Yeah, good. Well, for now. Greg Abbott's going to potentially call a special session. Ram it home. Hmm. But what if they don't go to that one? Well, then everybody gets to remain free. I don't know. <laughs> Not an expert in Texas politicking. It's probably the same shit it is anywhere. They can ram it through with some sort of special session where they don't need the quorum, is my guess. Maybe. But this ties into a larger strategy that the you know the Koch brothers are uh, are basically manipulating. Isn't one of them dead? Well, will they ever really die? I mean, their name is, their corporation is enormous and has so many tentacles and so many different scuba divers, you know? They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. But they're specifically yeah. linked to, uh, they just, I mean, they, they worked so hard to kill that fundraising bill before the People Act, which would have not only expanded voting rights, but also would have opened up shined a spotlight on all this black mold all over everybody's fundraising. Like, oh, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, all right, sorry about that. Sorry you could tell. I mean, right now, you can't even tell who the hell is funding any of these super PACs. Yeah, well, that's why, you know, it'll be really hard to pass any of that kind of things, that kind of stuff, because you're relying on the people who are benefiting from those things to you know, vote on it. Yeah, so for the most part, they'll vote for it, but then suddenly they'll be, you know, 11 people just absent. What the? It's like, oh yeah, missed my flight. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I had family business to attend to. What? I had to go get Cancun. Mm, Yep. Oh, that was today? (laughs) Oh, damn. Well, I'll make the next one. Another big thing in the news is uh, Congresswoman Green is in general... With that nice little comment about how uh, wearing a, being uh, told to wear masks is akin to wearing yellow stars of David and uh, you know being subjected to the Holocaust. Fantastic. I think she should try it out. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's the that side of it. And then another thing, you know is the kind of uh, 
the kind of backlash to the violence that has been going on against, uh, you know, Jewish Americans uh, during, you know, the Hamas-Israel conflict that's been going on, you know, which stopped recently, but, uh, and it kind of highlights, you know, on the left side, like, just basically in their rhetoric, they kind of, like, go too far of it. You know, it's fine to be critical of Israel. I've said, you know, things that were critical of the government in our last podcast. But saying, like, things like, you know, genocide, ethnic cleansing, and shit like that, you know, and then you see, you know, this huge reaction, you know, finally, after saying the same things, you know, over and over again through the decades. And, uh, you know, this this is what happens when you just, I don't know, I, they, people know that it's not correct. I guess they're just trying to get the shock value out of it to get people's attention. I, I know, like, Mark Ruffalo, who's, like, every time this happens is very, you know, anti-Israel government. And then he, like, you know, just recently apologized, like, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have used hyperbole like genocide when I was making these comments. Oops. So, I mean, I, I hope people learn from that. Just, and not, you know, not just stuff like this, like anything, you know, anything that's politically charged, why don't you just say exactly what's happening? Don't use hyperbole. Don't, you know, make things like either bigger than they are or, or different to, I don't know why. Because then, you know, the other side could just take that and say, hey, these people are full of shit. You know, this isn't exactly what's happening. Uh-huh. So discount what they're saying. Like, just say what's actually happening. That's no, like you said, you said it to gather attention. They yeah. Feel like somebody, they, as if nobody's paying attention to Israel. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't have to say these like terrible things. And like that, like, and then it just like, and it goes down like, okay, so you're saying the, you know, state. You say, "Oh, they're committing genocide." You know, this is the state of Israel, which is a democracy of almost, you know, of the majority of Jews. So you're saying all those Jews in Israel, or at least the majority of them, are okay with genocide. And then you have all the Jews from all around the world who, you know, generally support Israel. Then you say, "Okay, well, then they're complicit in genocide." So you're basically, you know, saying that Jews are monsters by saying Israel is committing genocide, which is that's completely not what's happening but now you have people attacking jews because they think they're just genocidal assholes uh-huh. so yeah, it's also important to remember who you're getting your information from well i wouldn't call sure. mark ruffalo the leader of men in this country oh, but he's the hulk <laughs> oh, that's right he did no. the hulk yeah sorry i'm not up to date yeah. i'm not my toes aren't in the mcu unit <laughs> but um uh, and of course, he's not the only one. He, he was just some that I noticed that actually apologized, and, and I've, I've noticed you know he's make his makes his comments a lot when uh, whenever there's a dust up between Hamas and Israel. But um, I mean, I, I hope just more people learn from that mistake where you know if, if you keep if you intentionally drive up tensions just to get attention or whatever your reason is, then, you know, it's going to have, a, could definitely have a serious backlash. And you kind of saw that 
So, you know, with everything, you know, not just Jews, with like Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, all these different groups, you know, say, say what they do, you know, you know, if you have an issue with it, bring it up, but don't like bullshit people, you know, to just try to get more attention. And, you know, that goes back to, you know, Green, you know, she, like, I don't think, I mean, unless she's like a complete psycho, which maybe she is, uh, just say, oh, you know, being asked to wear a mask is like, you know, being in the Holocaust, you know, you're just, you're just driving things up, you know, ratcheting up the outrage on, you know, on both sides. She knew she'd piss people off on the left. Absolutely. By if she pisses that. people off on the left, then she makes her supporters happy. And that's all they, that's all she wants. She doesn't care because ha- she'll never get touched by any e- of it. Yeah. Either happy or complacent because, you know, CNN, like they like to, whenever a Republican says something insane, they'll go to the constituents and say, Oh, are you okay with this? And, you know, some of them say no, but like most of them say, well, no, I don't like what you said, you know, there, but you know, in general, I like her, you know, and I'd vote for her again. Which, yeah. Yeah, then it flames up the left side. But yeah, that, that, then, but that's, that's the thing. Like, they know, right, and they control what you see. Like, you know, like CNN controls, like, you know, who you see talking. And it's like, oh, these guys are, you know, assholes. You know, we just take this snapshot of what we mm-hmm. want you to see. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, this is the facts. And, you know... Yeah, you're probably not going to have Green lose in a general election. You would have to have another Republican beat her out in the primary because she just lives in such a Republican area. It's just, again, unless you find out that she's a child molester, uh, she's not going to lose to a Democrat. Nope. So somebody will have to infiltrate the Republican Party. I volunteer as tribute. Where does she yeah, live again? I, I, What's her district? I don't so know. Is she Macon? No, not Macon. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I was, I am thinking of switching to the Republican Party, if nothing else, just to vote in the primaries and, you know, vote for someone I think is, would be okay and not like crazy. A classic strategy. Let's see here. Oh, no, she's up north. She's at Northwest Way. Mm. She is the Northwest District. Let's see. Rome, Calhoun, and Dalton, also known as the Exurbs of Atlanta. So if you're thinking Deliverance, like everybody always wants to know where's Deliverance take place, that's Marjorie Taylor Greene, so... (laughs) So, yeah. Not gonna vote for a Democrat. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. All very interesting stuff. Um, I was thinking, like, with the Republican strategy of just basically doubling down on the white dudes and, you know, the eventual reduction of white people as the uh, majority, which, you know, they'll stay the majority for a long time. And even after that, they'll remain the plurality, you know, for ever, basically. Uh, you know, eventually that's just not going to work anymore. 
and it'll be interesting what the Republican Party does at that point, because they are losing in every other demographic. Like they, they I think they used to kind of have the uh, Hispanic population at least. It's, it's about split. Some, uh, it was maybe more split, or you know, it it, it's, it wasn't like leaning so far to the Democratic side as it is now. Then uh, there's the African American population, the Jewish population. Uh, I believe the Asian population, well, I, I think that's, a, again, not as much as the other minorities, but I think that also leans left. And also the, the majority of the Asian Americans are on the, uh, either on the West Coast or New York. That's like kind of like the majority of them. And those are all Democratic areas anyway. They kind of like have, and you know, they don't have, you know, it's just... You know, I, I guess they technically have you know men in general, so men, white men, but they don't have women. No, actually, a majority of white women actually voted for Trump. I think it was like fifty-seven. Oh, yeah. I think it was fifty-seven percent. I only know that because my yeah, roommate at the time was very despondent over that that particular statistic. Mm. I thought they turned. Well, I guess they turned more than last time, but mm. all right. Well, then white people in general, but again. With the population changing as it is, it's kind of a losing strategy in the long term. That also drives a lot of uh, of the irrational fear. Yeah. Is the, uh, oh, what's the name for it? I don't know, let's just call it uh, being replaced. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're going to breed us out. And then you, get, you, know, you just get this litany of other racist shit. Yeah. Yeah. Irrational fear leads to pretty stupid choices. You could sum up mm. all of these elections that, like that. Right. And that irrational fear is what, you know, pushes minorities away. Like, even if they agree with you politically, and, you know, a lot, you know, Latino people, black people, um, they're not the most liberal you know, when it comes down to it, you know, a lot of them have pretty conservative values. True. Um, especially the, the ones who are more religious. Uh, but, you know, but you still have a majority of them going Democrat because of that kind of ingrained racism that's kind of developed, that's developed in the Republican Party because they lean so far into just getting all the white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what doesn't help is that... Uh... Not everybody likes everybody else. That's true, but... Or even tolerates. I've worked with a lot of immigrants. I've worked with a a handful of black people. And it's like... The same... Everybody has the same arguments and the same misinformation. And it's... Some of it's just not even worth repeating. I'm like, wait a minute. Mm. Jacinto, how long have you been in this country? 25 years. And you still believe that, huh? <laughs> it's been in the been in the country twenty five years illegally, but man, does he really not like black people? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. It's just a some of it's just a byproduct of where you grew up. Yeah, for sure. A lot of a lot of these guys are not living in the best neighborhoods. That's and true. Of course, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no. You'll. Uh... 
Yeah. And, you, you know, if you're exposed to the worst of a certain group of people, then you assume that's just how they are. Right. So when they say, you know, oh, I don't like this or that, or, oh, man, obviously it's because of so on and so forth. It's like, oh, that happened to you. Well, yeah, you could fill in the blank there with just about anything. And, uh, mm. yeah, it's only because they're living in the shittiest part of town. Yeah. And, yeah, it's fucking doggy dog out there. Yeah. Well, then you take anecdotal things and just, you know, kind of say, okay, that's how it is, and just look at those anecdotes. And you can kind of, and you can turn that, uh, simplify that, like in uh, like the sports fandom, where, you know, you have these different fan bases who hate each other, and the reason why is just, oh, let me tell you one or two stories of this, you know, the fan of a, the other side being an asshole. Well, I guess that means everyone's an asshole, right? <laughs> Is that that's all the you know that's how that's pretty much all anyone's got you know when you said oh I hate these guys because of this it's like oh yeah does that just always happen it's like no it only happened like once but you know fuck them mm-hmm. yep you hear that all the time except for of course Philly fans who are terrible oh absolutely let's never forget uh, uh, what's his name hitchhike bot. I don't remember. You know that hitchhiker bot? Robot? Yeah, what? Oh, the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy? No, no, no. The robot that literally was designed to be a hitchhiker. It just oh, said yeah, it no, just I had like a little digital readout on him. And he right, made it right, he right. made it almost like around the world or something. He made it across Canada, he made it across the US, and then he was beaten to death outside of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. This is like a, a, a goofy looking junk bot. That literally just has a digital readout saying, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> it's like got like a bucket for a head, and just it just looks like you know, uh, it looks like an eight-year-old designed a robot with whatever was lying around the house. Unbelievable. Yeah, Philly fans are brutal. Mm-hmm. But besides that, <laughs> you know, everyone's pretty much the same. Yeah, I can get down with that. Oh, his name was just Hitchbot. But, oh, poor Hitchbot. We miss Hitchbot. Oh, too soon. Uh, help Hitchbot uh, 2.0 <laughs> learn from Hitchbot's mistakes. Don't go to Philadelphia. Oh, he had no choice. He's just a hitchhiking robot. Well, just j- 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 put that like you know on its ass. Please do not take me to Philadelphia. <laughs> He made it across. Oh, he made oh, he made it oh across Canada, Germany, the Netherlands. Korea. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he made it across Canada, Germany, and the Netherlands, and he was stripped and decapitated in Philadelphia. He was actually given the. He, oh wow, he uh, he got a he was at a First Nations powwow and was given the name Iron Woman. <laughs> so Iron Woman was beaten to death. July 17th, 2015. Oof, didn't even make it that far. Started in Boston. Yeah, that's rough to ground the trade from Boston to Philly. Oh, wow, she was... She was actually an actor, too. 
it toured about and appeared in a play called Killing Robots. Well, at least she she, uh, lived a full life. Yeah. How many of us get to say that we uh, acted in a play outside of Paris? Yeah. And were subsequently murdered in Philadelphia. Well, that last part, plenty of people could say if they were, yeah, besides the fact that they're murdered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty fitting uh, end to our Memorial Day special. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think uh, we brought it up a little bit uh, from the, you know, usual, usual gloom. And then, of course, you had to mention decapitated robots. Hey, I couldn't help it. It's Hitchbots. It's kind of funny. That's <laughs> yeah, a little bit funny. <laughs> a robot that got ripped apart. <laughs> it's pretty messed up, though. Yeah. How the hell why would you go out of your way to do that to a pile of junk? But then as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, it. I don't know, because it's a pile of junk glued together. I don't know. Kids. Kids suck. <laughs> Especially Philly children. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, well, don't bring your robot to Philly, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Peace.